Welcome to Saturdays with Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. I'm Kramer. Like I, you, you know the, the rundown. You know the deal. Tweet at me at Kramer Talks. Text me. However you can get a hold of me and you know how to get a hold of me. You want to chime in on the show? Do it any way possible. But I'm coming into the show hot. I mean, I, I usually list off what we're going to talk about. Clearly, I brought my shovel in today, so we're going to at least try to dig up the Kansas City Royals from how they're starting off 2-5 and five already on the season. Award predictions. I got a new segment coming on in here, fair or foul. And we got some more stuff to talk about. But I'm coming into the show hot. You're probably wondering why right now. Like, what, Kramer, why, why are you hot right now? Now, this is not even on my rundown. This is just what I heard just a few minutes ago. When, If you were listening to uh, the station, of course, 1660, the bet right here. We do. Uh, we, we have CBS Sports Radio over air. And CBS Sports Radio, and granted, we have a lucky guy there with Carrington Harrison um, uh, up there uh, beginning uh, the show this morning-wise, the, the four hours of talk, I guess, with prior to me coming on the show with you. And a guy on his show, a guy on his show said that Ronald Acuna Jr. is not one of the most talented guys in Major League Baseball. He's not a star. And I'm like, what? Like, I'm sitting here getting ready for the show to start. Maybe it's like five minutes prior before getting to nine o'clock. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, this man just literally just say that. He said that, oh, he he he, he got a ring but didn't do too much that, that year. No, no, I, I, don't get me wrong. That 2021 season last year, Ronald only played 82 games. His batting average might have been a 283, but he had 24 homers and 52 RBIs prior before tearing his ACL. And he also was an all-star. So I, I, I don't know how you can say that Ronald Acuna Jr., is not a star in this league. He's 24 years old, I said. He already has over 105 home runs. Heck, in 2019, he hit, thir- he hit 41 home runs. He hit 26 the year prior to the year that he won the Rookie of the Year. Come on, get out of here. You don't clearly watch baseball enough to know that Ronald Acuna Jr. is the future of this sport and of this game. He has a 14.9 war. Wins above replacement. You're, you're saying that he's not one of the, the better players in Major League Baseball just because he got hurt? Hey, that 22, uh, that, that while well, he was age 22, the game of the 50, 60 game sprint, he played 46 games, hit 14 home runs, and drove in 29 RBIs. That's only just in 46 games, he hit 14 home runs, 20 RBIs. Like, are you, are you serious? Like, are you, are you telling me right now that you are, are saying that Ronald Cunha Jr. is not a star? Get out of here. And you want to say Wander Franco is? Okay, I get it. He's 21 years old. He's a stud. He was last year, clearly. Was a what the, the runner up of rookie of the year if it wasn't for um, uh, his teammates uh, Radio Rosarina of winning it? Yeah, okay, I get that. And he's a, he's a star. He, he's a star in the making. But you cannot sit here and I can listen to you say that Ronald Acuna Jr. is not a star in Major League Baseball. I I no you you I, you cannot tell me that. You cannot convince me otherwise. Green he hasn't played a game this year yet because he's still hurt. But he's, he'll play this year. He's going to play at some point this season. And it may be after the All-Star break. It may be a little bit a week beforehand. But when he gets here, you're going to know. You're going to feel his presence. You will. Gosh. All right, this is Stars of Crime right here. Sorry, my, my rant is over. The the All of the above is, just, is, is, is done. But... Kansas City Royals. I brought my shovel into work today, knowing that they're ten and five. I'm trying to dig them up from the ground because I know if there's one week in Major League Baseball, I'm not counting them out whatsoever just yet. But as I make my shovel motion, you can't even tell I'm doing it, but I am doing it. There's something that concerns me with this Kansas City Royals team, and I don't know if it's even the players, the organization. It's just me just assessing it from afar, watching it as a fan, 
And it seems like there's something that does concern me through a whole entire landscape of the entirety of the Kansas City Royals, whether that is the players, whether that is the, the organization, or whether that is the management. There's one thing that does concern me the most. I, I have a couple things on here, but the biggest one right now that concerns me is the pitching. And I'm, what I mean by pitching, I'm not saying like the all broad spectrum of it, like the bullpen, your closer. No, it's the young guys that we've been talked about, that we've been talking up for the past three years or so, of saying they're here, they're coming, they're ready, they're going to make that jump, they're going to outshine everyone. That's the reason why the young studs, the young guns of the arms that they have is going to help propel and put the Kansas City Royals over the top. And don't get me wrong, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid on it because I see the talent, I see the potential of this team. But I just not seeing the numbers that we're supposed to see by now. It's like Brady Singer didn't start on the season in the opening day um, of his pitching rotation, um, so he put in the bullpen. Jackson Coar, he first outing he was shown out in Major League Baseball this season again, gave up seven earned runs. I think in a three and a third. Chris Bubich was it started or that game that Jackson Coar gave up seven, and he, Chris Bubich gave up like what seven in the first inning. He only pitched two thirds of an inning. Carlos Hernandez has been a little shaky, a little iffy. But he, wasn't even, he wasn't even one of the one young guns that we talked up a lot. He was just a guy that's like, holy cow, Carlos Hernandez is a stud. He's a horse. We need to get him in this team and up in the roster. Then Daniel Lynch, out of the, these five guys I've mentioned, he's the fifth one. He probably had the best outing of all four of them. It's the truth. And I, I'm actually very excited on Daniel Lynch. I think he's going to be one of the better ones on this team. But... For how they have pitched so far to start this season, it's a small sample size. It's only We've only gone through one week and a few days of Major League Baseball. So there's a long season. It's, a, it's not a sprint. It's a full-on marathon this year. I'm just curious and concerned of what's going to happen because I'm getting tired of seeing Jackson Carr get called up, get sent back down, get called up, get sent back down because he's a stellar pitcher in the minors. But when he gets to the major leagues, he's I don't know if it's like he doesn't have the yips or anything like that. It's just the the hitters are completely different. You can't fault any of the players from Triple A to Major League Baseball, the hitters, that's the one I'm talking about. The hitters Major League Baseball compared to the hitters in Triple A, there's a huge gap still. You can see that right now. Heck, Bobby Witt Jr. has what, three or four hits on the season, batting like a buck one twenty. And the, the hits that he does have is a double and a triple, and I, I believe he might have a single in there. But he's not seeing the ball that well. I mean, we got to think about last year when we talked about Jared Kelnick when he made his debut. He went on for an 0 for 39 streak before being sent down. He came up and he tore, turned it around. He turned he turned his season last year around, and he's probably turned his career around for the better part of it. There's a huge gap between the hitters and the pitchers. There's a huge gap between there too because the pitchers who think let's just say Jackson Goar, I, I Goar, I'm sorry for putting you out here on this, but it's just what I've seen and assessed. Last year, Jackson Goar called up, he was shelled, he was shelled again, then he was shelled again. He didn't really pitch more than three innings per game, and he started. That is not good whatsoever. But when he gets sent back to AAA last year, he was the pitcher of the year, like throughout the entire season. Let's start on this year. 
just made the major opening day lineup. Granted, it was probably because uh, Joel Piamps was uh, had stuff um, committed commitments prior that had him left off the the opening day lineup or roster. So he was there. Then once Joel Piamps is here, he got sent back down. But he still got shelled. Now he's going to start probably doing a lot better in AAA. There's so much a gap between the pitch the, the hitters. There is, there is, and you can tell by the ERA of the young arms that have been trying to make that transition from AAA to major leagues. So now let's get to the point where what I'm concerned about is are all the other pitchers the Kansas City Royals have drafted like these guys? Are they like a Brady Singer, a Jackson Coar, a Daniel Lynch, a Carlos Tornados, or a Chris Bubich? Are we ever going to see them turn the corner? Heck, is Asa Lacey going to be a guy, or is he going to be a guy like Jackson Coar? We, we don't know this, and that's what concerns me. So why don't they try to, you know, draft those young guys that have so much high potential, then try to trade them away to get a guy that they know has the talent to get to the major leagues and stay in the major leagues for the long haul? Now that is what I'm curious. I'm curious if we can see something like that and it will actually perform. Like Kind of like, let's just throw this out there, kind of like when the Royals traded for James Shields. Granted, they didn't trade away pitching. Well, I mean, they did. They traded away Jake Odorizzi in that deal. But Jake Odorizzi and Will Myers got sent to Tampa Bay for James Shields and Wade Davis. Now, they made that move, of course, because they know their window is opening of a possible World Series run. And granted, they went to one World Series in 2014, they lost to the Giants, and they won the World Series in 2015 and haven't been back to the postseason since. They made those moves because they know that those pitchers can pitch for a longevity of time in the majors for the team to help produce and help them win games. And granted, they did. Granted, James Shields wasn't on the team when they won the World Series, but he still got there to the 2014 World Series. We need to see another move like that happen for the Royals. That You can't just thank and hope and assume that these guys are going to, you know, make that jump, have that big stretch of, you know what, we're going to just demolish, mow down every hitter we get. Look at the St. Louis Cardinals did when they traded, uh, what, Marco Gonzalez to Seattle. Granted, it took him a while for Marco to get his, his rhythm and stuff there. It took him until last year to figure out most of his things. But the Cardinals got Tyler O'Neill back in return. And you see how they both are now working in proper ways that way. So let's go to another Cardinals thing. They traded Austin Gomber along with a couple other guys to get Nolan Arenado. Austin Gomber is still on the Colorado Rockies pitching rotation. He's still pretty darn good. I actually liked Austin Gomber when he was a Cardinal. But you kind of have to see if all right, maybe it's not the right timing and stuff for these pitchers. Trade him away and get another pitcher to bring him back in. It's kind of like when the... The Royals just recently traded in this offseason. They traded Mike Miner to the Reds for Amir Garrett. Like, why can't we see more something like that? Like, okay, we're going to trade away this pitcher, which Mike Miner probably could have do a lot more, I think, here in Kansas City, but I get it. I, I There's not enough room for him. He, he was the odd man out. And Amir Garrett's definitely a better, a, a, a great bullpen arm pitcher for the Royals to have, which that, that that is one of the deals that I think that went under the radar that was so... So good. So the Royals do gain traction. Another two and five. Yeah, I get it. They're two and five. They're three games under five hundred. I know. I, I know. I, I'm just. I'm just out here trying to bicker and stuff. But I'm just concerned. I, I'm just concerned because I don't want to see. I want to see these young guys come up here and just flourish. I do. I don't want to see them come up here, get shelled, go back down to AAA, and we never hear from them again. Like I. I, I don't want to. I don't want to experience that. I, I don't at all. But you have to take into consideration that. We have seen other teams see players, you know, struggle a little bit and they get traded and they, you know, 
kind of had to have that scenery change. I'm putting quotes on that because it, I think scenery change does help a player. It gets them out of that funk that if they are in like a, a, a drought or a dry spell or anything like that, like I, I get it. Like like that, I think it helps. I think it truly helps. But you got to do some of these pitchers because we, we don't want to keep talking them up. They come up here and they don't do look at these squat on the pitcher's mound and then they get, and then like a few days later it gets sent back down to AAA. I, I don't want to see that. I hate seeing that because you know that those players worked so hard to get to the majors and then they pretty much get slapped in the face on their first outing or their second or their third. I, I don't want to see that. I, I want to see them come up here and have success. And they go back down to AAA after their torrid outing and then they go back to their old selves. There's just like, a, it, like nobody wants to drive up I-29 every single time to go from Kansas City up to Omaha. We, they, Edward Oliveira has probably put like so many miles on his car just from driving up and down I-29 so many times last year. Thankfully, they've already they capped it to where I think, what, three or five times that players can go up and down from the minor leagues to, to the majors this year, the options that they have. So, I mean, that's, that's at least good. At least you know they're not going to be spending that much uh, that much gas on there. But still, like, there's – I want to see these guys come up here and flourish. And if we're at the point now that these guys are coming up and not flourishing, got to work out a trade to get some other pitcher in here. You have to. You, you can't just be – having the definition of insanity, doing something over and over and over again, expecting a different outcome when nothing's different has happened. I haven't seen a different outcome yet between these guys. I, I, I just haven't. And it's going to take a lot more than Zach Grinke and Brad Keller to help this pitching rotation. That's two guys out of the um, a five. If you win two games out of three every single time, well, two games out of five every single time, you're still going to be under 500 no matter what. Now, they got to figure something out. They have to. And then now let's go to my next point, hitting. If your name is not Andrew Benatendi right now or Nicky Lopez, who both those guys are batting over 300 right now, the next closest average is 261. I, I don't want to hear it. That 261 is also Hunter Dozier. Yeah, Hunter Dozier is a batting of 261. Good for Hunter. I know last year it took him a while to get above the Mendoza line. He had a lot of hard hit outs. And there's a lot of hard, hits, hard hit outs happening right now. But, like, what Merrifield hasn't gotten his bat around. Granted, I know Bobby Witt Jr., it's going to take him a little bit to get his bat around. But at least the gloves are there for the Royals. At least I want to say. You have your gold glover, I'm a center fielder and left fielder still there. But the thing that really irks my nerves is this guy named Carlos Santana on the team. I think when the Royals had the chance to possibly trade Carlos, they should have done it, which I think they should still right now. I mean, he's 36 years old. He just turned 36 about eight days ago. I mean, He's been an all-star once in his career, which that was in 2019, which is shocking because he had been in the league for so long so far. But even like last season, finished the year on a 214 batting average. He was on pace to have, what, over 100 walks? Like He was on pace last year by end of May, I'm pretty sure, to have over like 140 walks and ended with 86. This year, I mean, the walks are going to be a thing for him. This year, he's batting a buck 87. He's only had two hits out of the plate appearances of 27. 23 official at-bats and four walks. That is not good for your first baseman slash DH. And if it's my if it's my team right now, if I'm Mike Matheny, I'm giving Ryan O'Hearn some at-bats. I, I know, we all know how Ryan O'Hearn has been in his career so far as a Kansas City Royal. It hasn't been spectacular, 
But when you put him down in Omaha or up in Omaha, down in Omaha, Omaha's north of here, so I'm going to say up. But if you send him to Omaha, he's like Barry Bonds up there. He is Babe Ruth. He just mashes every single time he's there. So I'm the type of guy now since, I mean, he's been on the, the Kansas City Royals system since 2018. Well, at least up in the majors since 2018. I'm giving him every day at bats. There's no reason for the 28-year-old needs to be in there compared to the 36-year-old. I, I, I want to see Ryan O'Hearn be the guy that he is in AAA, and you don't do that with not giving him at bats. He's had four at bats this year so far, no hits. Okay, but the games that he's had at bats and he's been pitch hitting. You can't. It's hard. I, it's it's absolutely hard to come off a bench late in a game, expect to bat up against a guy that's a bullpen dude, that's the, a flamethrower that is just coming in there to just put out the fire. Brian O'Hearn needs at-bats. He does. He's a guy that can hit possibly 30-plus home runs a year. Yet his high watermark's 14 back in 2019 where he played over 105 games. But he hasn't played over 100 games since then. The most he played was last year at 84. And even last year he batted a 225 with 9 home runs and 29 RBIs driven in. He's a guy that's going to produce at the plate when you give him some time. And at this point, if Carlos Santana can't do it by the end of next month, I'm yanking him. I'm saying, all right, we're benching you. We have to do something because we have to at least get some run production here because we can't just pay you this much money and not have you produce at the plate. It's the smart logistics angle for how the Royals need to assess this team. And it's going to take more than just one person. Carlos Santana, I, I know, he's, he's, he hasn't been doing too too hot so far. So I would have Perez's bat is waking up, which is a good sign. Whit Merrifield's bat will wake up at some point. Bobby Witt Jr. will get his first home run at some point. Michael A. Taylor will still stay consistent, keeping that bat head through the zone. It's only been seven games for the Kansas City Royals. Seven or eight games. Been seven games, actually. They have time. There's so much time. Heck, it is April still. It's April 16th. I didn't even think baseball was even going to happen this time last, uh, well, two months ago. I didn't. But it's here. I get to talk about it, and I'm going to talk about more stuff about it when we come back from this break. This is Cyrus Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. We're going to play a new game here called Fair or Foul. We'll do that next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. Back at it live and local here on the Bet 1660. This is Sarzo Kramer right here. As I'm Kramer, as always, you can tweet at me at Kramer Talks, which I got a couple of questions that have come that came through so far. We'll get to one of them right now from Tyro Linville. Is it time to move on from Cal Eldred? Cal Eldred is the pitching coach for the Kansas City Royals, and I don't think so. I don't. I know that was the big hot topic from last year as well. But Mike Matheny and Cal, they have have so they're, they're close i mean they both played on the st louis cardinals uh together in 23 2003 and 2004 so i don't know i i think Matheny. i know Matheny trusts eldred plus i mean the, i mean the teammate aspect Matheny's a catcher eldred's pitcher i think it's fine i think everything's gonna work itself out it's kind of like last year the last two months of the season last year that pitching was nails for the kansas city royals it was just nails they locking down everything 
So I think that's okay. I, I think they're fine. I, 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 no, I, it is not time to move on from Eldred. Don't fire him or anything like that. I like, I like Cal, so keep him on the team. I, yeah, no, th- th- I like him. There's, and there's nothing, there's, I mean, if you don't like him, that's on you, but I like him. We're going to play a new game here, though, on Sarah's or Kramer. It's called Fair or Foul. Fair or Foul, this new game. I have uh, I have somebody also reading me the questions right now. We pre-recorded them right before the show, so that's perfect right here. But fair or foul? Let's get let's get some uh, some to this. But here's the first fair or foul that we have. Fair or foul? Mauricio Dubon bunt hit when the Giants were up by nine runs in the sixth inning. That is my lovely girlfriend Caitlin right there saying that. And yeah, no, Mauricio Dubon. He, uh, so the Giants were up by 10, or 9 runs in the 6, and he has a bunt single. Yeah, I get it. I mean, they're up by 10. I mean, the Giants, they're at home. They bunt it, and yeah, guy got on first base. But the thing is, San Diego Padres head coach, Bob Melvin, which I love Bob, he uh, uh, he was not taking this to exception. He was so mad. He was furious. He's like, why are they doing this? Why? 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 And then after the end of the inning, I mean, Mauricio walked towards the dugout, or ran to the dugout, and Gabe Kapler, the head coach, was like, hey, like he was chewing his ear out. Like he was. Like you could visibly see that him, hey, we're not doing this, we're not doing that. But then he doubles downs on it, and not even double down, he says something completely different, saying, I mean, if we're going to bunt, we're going to bunt. I mean, if you're going to bunt, we're just going to field it, throw it to first base, do all that stuff. Like It's kind of like the unwritten rules thing. Unwritten rules in Major League Baseball are just complete malarkey, Stupid, annoying. It's kind of like bat flipping. I love it. Like, why? Why wouldn't you want to like show off if you if you want to hit a a 500 foot home run? I'm going to do it all the time. Every pitcher has the right to you know get fired up after a strikeout. Like, look at look at Liam Hendricks. Like, I mean, that's not a part of the unwritten rules. I mean, but here's the thing. I think Mauricio Dubon was in the right way. So I'm going to say fair on this. It is the rightly fair to do this because in baseball this year. There's no game 163 anymore. It all goes down by run differential. So if I'm the Giants, or if I'm any baseball team, Major League Baseball, I'm trying to score as many runs as possible, and if I'm running up the score, guess what? I don't care. I know I'm winning. That's all that matters. I want to win every single game, so I'm going to put up as many runs as possible because, who? yeah, granted, they're up by nine runs in the sixth. There's still three other innings that the other team can put up three runs here, three runs there, three runs there to tie it up but to make it nine all. Come on, like, like that makes does it make sense or not make sense to not keep scoring runs? Like, do you want to win a game? You need to score runs to win a game, right? So keep up scoring as many runs as possible. If that means getting a butt single to get on base so you can try to score, score, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. If you're up by ten and you're trying to steal with the with, get a guy stole base, I'm all for it too. You need to win the game. You need to. All right, let's transition. Let's go to the second one now. Fair or foul, Mitch Garver slid into Brandon Rogers at second in the bottom of the 10th, which led to Adolis Garcia being out and ending the game. All right, this one I think is fair as well because this is placed into the rule book. So during the Rangers and Rockies game a few days ago, that's happened. Mitch Garver tried to break up a, a double play attempt in the 10th inning, and he slid into Brandon Rogers, and it looked deliberate. He slid into him. He slid, I mean, his right, one of his foot touched the bag, but he literally slid into Brandon Rogers, and it made him force an errant throw to first base. And after reviewing stuff, they called him out. And I think this is completely fair. It is a part of the game. It's a part of the rule book. You don't have to agree with the rule book, but it is there in place for stuff like this to 
work around and move around because things will happen still. If it wasn't for Chase Utley sliding into, I think it was Ruben Tejada for the New York Mets, I think, what, back in 2014, I want to say, 2013, I think it was 2014, the 2014 uh, postseason, slid into Ruben Tejada, and he broke his leg. I think it was Ruben Tejada. I, I, I may be, I, the name might be just venturing off, but Chase Utley, I know for a fact, slid into somebody which ended up breaking his leg, and that's why they put this rule book in, this into the rule book. This is a completely fair play to have. It's, it's not foul whatsoever, so I actually enjoy this. Granted, it sucks for the Rangers part, but if you're Mitch Garver, you should know and read the room that, okay, that was the, that that's that happened. Let's, let's just move past it. But you can't do that. It's all about player safety now. And I mean, player safety, I mean, granted that that's, we'll, we'll get into more player safety uh, question a little bit later on, but that's, it's a fair, it's definitely fair. All right, let's go to the next one. Fair or foul? Dodgers manager Dave Roberts pulling Clayton Kershaw who pitched seven innings of perfect baseball against the Twins on Wednesday. Yeah, I'm speechless. I, 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 <laughs> All right, I get it. Clayton Kershaw got hurt last year, and this is completely foul. Like, I, This is completely foul. You pull a guy who's throwing a perfect game. Do I mind you, there's been like, what, 20? 22 perfect games in Major League Baseball? All right, you might think, oh, 22 games, 22 perfect games, okay. All right, that's kind of cool. You know how many games have been played in Major League Baseball? Over 220,000 baseball games have been played inside of Major League Baseball. And only 22 have been perfect games. We could have seen another one. Clayton Kershaw was at 80 pitches through seven. That means he's going to start off the eighth inning with that 80 pitches. Granted, he didn't start off the eighth inning. They went to the bullpen. They got an out. And then the next batter, Gary Sanchez, gets a single. Like, come on. I get it. He had a pitch cap. I get it. But it is a perfect game. Granted, Clayton Kershaw even said, and like said, like, I, I get it. I mean, I I mean, usually if I was I had a pitch cap. I wasn't supposed to be doing that much. And I mean, granted, he had a, an, an impressive Go getting, I guess, of getting the outs is like no, no. Leave Clayton Kershaw on the field. I mean, this is him even said about uh, like selfish goals. Like he even compared to that. Now, this, listen to Clayton Kershaw after after the game. But at the end of the day, those are those are individual things. Those are those are selfish goals, and we're trying to win, you know. And um, that's that's really all we're here for. And as much as I would have wanted to do it, I've, I've thrown 75 pitches in a sim game, you know, and. I hadn't gone six innings, let alone seven. And um, sure, I would have loved to have do it, but um, you know, maybe we get another chance. Who knows? I mean, I I get it. I I respect what Kershaw said about it because I mean, granted, at the end of the day, at the end of the game, they still won. They got the win. But I'm that selfish fan that I want to see a perfect game. Like we rarely see it, and I want to see it so flipping bad. It's kind of like that's also let's tie it into the unwritten rule stuff. You do not take a pitcher out if there's a perfect game. Granted, if there was a, if it was just a no hitter, like he walked somebody, he walked a couple guys, maybe a hit a, hit a batter. I get it, I respect it. That's why I, I yeah take him out. Yeah 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 go for it. He's only done 80 pitches. I mean it's a, his first start back from uh, significant arm damage. You had to get him back on there, so I get it. Pitch cap him, but man, it's a perfect game. 
a perfect game. What are we doing? Dave Roberts, you can't be as a as a, a baseball purist. I'm making sure he's out there and making sure he's the one throwing a perfect game. Because he has the capability of doing it. He's thrown a no hitter before. He has the capability of doing this. Let's 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 go to the next one. Fair or foul? Joey Votto saying some words to Tyler Anderson after getting hit in the helmet with the ball. All right. So last night during the Reds and Reds and Dodgers game, brand another Dodgers game. Tyler Anderson change up up and in gets the the helmet of Joey Votto. Joey Votto says some says some said some words to him, which is completely fair. I, I'm I'm siding with a fair on the fair side on this one. I think you have every single right if you get hit in the helmet. In Major League Baseball, you should be able to say whatever you want to the pitcher after it, as long as it doesn't start any conflict of like, because Joey Votto didn't gesture like he's going to walk towards the pitcher and act like he's going to start a benches clearing brawl incident. No, he was pretty much just telling him to, you know, use the four letter word that I can't say on air that rhymes with truck that he, he shouldn't be, like, you should be able to say whatever you want. You should. Because that could go, that could have gotten a lot worse. Heck, we saw last week that Pete Alonso got hit in the head. Francisco Lindor got hit in the head. I mean, that's actually started sparked an instant. I'm curious how the games today will go, especially because I mean, prior before Votto getting hit, Mookie Betts got hit, and then I, I mean, we don't know if it's a retaliation. It, it wasn't since it was a changeup pitch, but you know, you never know. You, you never know. And then even when Joey Votto got the first base, he was actually gesturing people to go back to their positions. Like, we're all done. I just had to say what I had to say, and boom, everything should be over, and everything should be fine. No, Tyler Anderson is like, what, what are you, why, why are you getting mad at me? Well, I mean, I, if I'm the better, I'm getting mad at you because I just took a pitch to the helmet. That took the helmet off my head. Luckily, it didn't, like, that's all it hit was the helmet on Joey Votto because I can only imagine him getting hit actually squared. Once he comes comes to his senses... He's gonna get up and start fighting some people. Like I get it. Like, I mean, that's what I would. If I get hit in the head, no, I'm gonna like that's. Don't aim for a dude's head. Granted, he wasn't. It wasn't a fastball. It was a changeup. So I mean, you we can all relax a little bit. And I think that's what happened when Joey Votto probably was like, I know that wasn't a fastball, but still, that was way too close for comfort. Like I I don't want to have to see my face either getting bruised or broken or have to wear like if it got hit in the jaw. I mean, like you have to like I mean. Break broken jaw when we all know get the wire jaw shut apparently at times. No, I I, I completely cited Joey Votto on this. It's completely you have you have every single right to do this. If you don't, if you if you're the one of those guys out there that's like, nah, he shouldn't he should just get up and rub it and don't rub it, but walk to first base. I'm saying something. I'm definitely I'm chirping back. I, I, if I'm the pitcher, Tyler Anderson, I'm saying I'm sorry. First off, I'm not even sure if Tyler Anderson said that. He probably said my bad. That's what most of the most of the pitchers do say when something like this happens. But nah, nah, nah. No, there's not. No, Joey Votto has every single right to do this, and he's also that's what makes Joey Votto one of the favorite and most likable big leaguers in Major League Baseball because he didn't start that fight. He didn't start that brawl. He was telling people to motion back, like, all right, let's just get this thing over with. Let's let's just get the game over with. Like, I, like it, it, we're done. Things have been said. The pitch was thrown, and now we're here. I'm on first base. Let's get this game over with. It's exactly what because he's a big leaguer. He understands his assignment. He understands that if he gets ejected from this game, there's a good chance that they will lose because Joey Votto is the heart and soul of the Cincinnati Reds.
He's a big leader. He's the way. He, that's how you're supposed to act. I, I believe. I, that's how you're supposed to act if something like this happens. So nothing gets escalated out of the way, and more tempers don't get flared. Like he properly did the right thing. So that's why I'm sending with Joey Votto on this one. I am. Apparently, I thought this one was uh, recorded, but I, apparently I didn't edit it, so this is on my end. But here's this one. Uh, fair or foul, Philly's third baseman Alec Bohm says to Gene Segura, I bleeping hate this place when he made a routine play to first base that wasn't an error, but on Monday, Bohm had three errors in three innings. And also, so that was on Monday, the night after prior, when the fans came and saw him come to the plate, he had a standing ovation. And I think... Alec Bohm has every right to say, I bleeping hate this place after making the routine play. That's fair. I think it's fair because after he said that, he acknowledged it in the post uh, in the post-game press conference. He acknowledged that he said that. But, I mean, granted, you're Major League Baseball. There's so many eyes watching you. There's so many cameras on you. They're going to pick up anything that you say no matter what, and they will possibly at times come back to haunt you. And the thing is, Alec Bohm, he didn't deny anything. He's, he said it. Yeah, I said it. Hey, these These... It's Philadelphia for you. These fans in Philadelphia could possibly be the worst. We know it. Like the the Flyers, the Eagles, the 76ers, now the Phillies. The Phillies fans are wild, but they will respect you kind of they all they respect Alec Bohm for saying this. But man, he on Monday was just getting ate up. I mean, last year he had 15 errors, which was in the top third among third basemen. It was his rookie year too. So that right there, you don't want to do that also in your rookie season. And he made three errors in three innings on Monday. So that's why the fans were like being smart asses, like how much I would be. Oh, he made a play. Oh, he made the easy one. Let's go. Yeah. I'm going to be that guy. So I'm just going to be that dude. Because if you know me, you know that I'm a smart aleck. You know that I'm sarcastic. I'm going to be I'm gonna be that fan in Philadelphia like that. Am I, so I'm part of the obnoxious people in Philly. So be it. Yeah. I guess so, but Alec Bohm had every right to say, I bleeping hate this place to his teammate, Gene Segura, when he was just like talking to him in the infield. This was happening during the inf- in the infield after the play happened. After the after the, the, play, the fans were just like, yeah, you made the play, let's go. <laughs> come on, come on. All right, let's, now, now it leads me to another Philadelphia one. This is the last fair or foul. So let's, let's get to it. Fair or foul, Phillies fan grabbing a Mets fan's phone and throwing it onto the field. Yeah, this happened. This 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 happened during the end of the game. Mets won. So this this Mets fan, I, there's had been stuff said prior before this. It just the guy just doesn't grab a cell phone and chuck it on the field. But he had a cell phone. Once it happened, he ran right to a Philly fan that was like maybe an aisle away, maybe up a little bit, like maybe a row row or two behind the aisle that he was sitting in, and he had his phone coming right up, like recording him, and. The guy, the, the kid, I mean, he's probably like a teenager, late teenager, maybe early 20s, grabs the phone, chucks it into the field. Bra- <laughs> Bravo for staying classy, Philadelphia. This is completely foul. Like, would you want someone to grab your cell phone and throw it onto a baseball field, not knowing that one could break, and two, you possibly won't get that cell phone back, because you, I mean, unless you actually jump down on there. So. Uh, Philly fans, come on, okay, come on. Like you, you do this stuff with Alec Bohm. And you do this with the Mets fan. Granted, we don't know what was said prior, before, during, after. Heck, maybe the Mets fan probably deserved it, especially dra- coming down from what I mean. Are they from 
where the where are the Mets at? Are they new are they in Jersey? I think they're in Jersey. I'm pretty sure they're in the Jersey area of like the the boroughs of New York. But they go to Philly, and now you're trying to cause trouble. If I'm a if I'm an outsider to a team, like say it's like a road team, I am not acting up. I am being how I usually am, just getting mad at myself or mad at the my team in general. I'm not going to be out here just trying to start a fight with people because there's so many lunatics at Major League Baseball games or even NFL games or NBA games that are hopped up on this thing called alcohol that can easily start a fight at any minute. And I'm not trying to get involved with it. I don't want any of my friends that I'm with to get involved with it. And family members or loved ones don't want them getting involved with it whatsoever. So when we ever go to uh, away games that we're, we're supporting the, the away team, we act ourselves. We're just fine. We're normal people. But if you get around an essence of, High testosterone. Well, I mean, I'm not sure how much high testosterone there is um, when you go to Major League Baseball Park because knowing that the the age demographic is not young whatsoever, so they could be hyped up on amphetamines. What do I mean by amphetamines? Like extra testosterone boosters. That's what I'm trying to get at. Um, uh, the alcohol. It's a great mix between the two, I guess. Apparently, that can cause some, you know, some some tragic things to happen. So, no, like this this Philly fan is clearly it's a foul. But, man, act your freaking age, I guess. I don't know. I mean, granted, the guy was like 20. The other one's like in between his probably mid-30s or something like that. I I digress. But that's that's fair or foul. That's, I'm hoping to keep this segment around. But there was one fair or foul that I wanted to put on there. But it, I think it deserves a topic for itself. And it's the additional topic that I'm going to have that we're going to talk about when we get back. Plus, we're also going to um, answer a few more questions that I saw come through. Getting the Barry Bonds treatment. Who's getting that Barry Bonds treatment? Eh, I'll discuss that next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. So sorry, the Kramer here on the Bet 1660. I hope you all are enjoying your morning here so far. Waking up with Kramer right here. Sorry, the Kramer on the Bet 1660. Uh, another question that popped on through that uh, from Mavs Insider on a Twitter. Why what has Eduardo Valencius never got another start in the bigs? He has to be better than Coar. Well, let's go back to the year of 2004 when Eduardo was pitching. I mean, this is weird. I did. I I forgot about Eduardo. I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, this is back in 2004. He was an up-and-comer from Venezuela. This guy has logged only a career total of three and a third's inning of a pitched with an ERA of a 13.5. He gave up five earned runs on one home run. He also walked four. Was not a good outing for his Major League debut. And after that, nowhere to be seen. I mean, his baseball reference page has him in a White Sox uniform. He has not pitched the majors since then. He was 24 at the time. So, I mean, he made it to the majors. Didn't get there. And I'm curious to see how... I mean, this, you could put this along, like, gather around with all the other stuff that's happened um, with the, the pitching in Major League Baseball for the Kansas City Royals. Is this a Jackson Coar right now? Is this a Brady Singer right now? Do we have to make Eduardo the poster child of if this possibly does not work out all right, uh, for some of these young guys? Are we going to bring him like, all right, Eduardo, 
That's who he is pretty much now. I mean, it's not a good look. It, 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 it's not. It's not. Uh, another question I got through uh, was uh, from uh, Tyler uh, Tyler Reedy. Uh, with the Kershaw situation, what's your take on whether or not perfect games and no-hitters will start to disappear in the modern game? Pitch count control is obviously becoming a much stronger force, but at the same time, we did see a nine no-hitters in 2021. I think the pitch count on pitchers is huge. Let's go back to when big-time Timmy Jim, Tim Lincecum, had his no-hitter against the the Padres, where I think he threw like 156 pitches, I think, in 2012. I think it's when the, the I'm pretty sure that's when that no-hitter happened. But we are going to definitely see pitchers have pitch counts. Unless, I mean, granted, if it's like in a mid-summer, late-summer type thing, if it's mid-summer... I could see the the pitch the the coaches be like, all right, let's stretch them out a little longer. Let's let's see what let's see what happens. I mean, you want to win every single game, right? So I I could see I could see perfect games no hitters clearly dwindle down. I think right now the rarest thing that a pitcher can do is the immaculate inning. If you don't know what the immaculate inning is, it's nine pitches, nine strikes, three strikeouts. That's your immaculate inning. That is rarer now than it is to throw a no-hitter just because of how many no-hitters were thrown back in 2021. But also the no-hitters, I think about eight of them no-hitters, was before spider tack and all of like this controlled substances the pitchers were using to get more grip on the ball. That was happening prior before their little lockdown on the crackdown on it to where pitchers can't use that. Maybe one no-hitter happened after that. And then we haven't seen a no-hitter since. We could have saw a freaking perfect game yet earlier this week. We could have. But you know what we did? That, they got taken away from us. That is ridiculous. They've taken away a perfect game from us. I mean, granted, there was also two innings to play. It's 80 pitches. Dave, why'd you have to take him out? Come on, Dave. Why'd you have to take it out? Okay, so I teased the the, the getting the Barry Bonds treatment prior uh, before taking this break. So last night, the Angels and Rangers were playing, and the bases were loaded. Rangers shortstop, second baseman, wherever they're putting him at right now. Corey Seager at the dish, and they intentionally walk Corey Seager to walk in a run. Granted, at the time, the Angels were only down by one run. That means by them intentionally walking Corey Seager, a run comes in, so they're down by two runs now. This is per Bob Nightingale on Twitter. The LA Angels' Joe Madden becomes the first manager to order an intentional walk with the bases loaded while trailing in a game since Jim O'Rourke of the Buffalo Bison of August 2nd of 1881. The last time this happened was in 1881. From what I can tell, it is 2022 right now. So well over 100 years, close to 150, this happened. I mean, granted, the Angels still won 9-6 to six in the, at the end of the game. Shohei had two home runs. This could have been a lot worse. But why are you giving the Barry Bonds treatment to a guy like Corey Seager? Corey Seager may not be the best guy to intentionally walk on this situation. Now, if it was Marcus Simeon batting, I'm definitely intentionally walking Marcus Simeon. But Corey Seager grounds to double plays an awful lot. They needed a double play to get out of the inning. You're telling me, like, when a batter gets in the box, it is the pitcher always has the control. And I thought it was I thought it was interesting by watching the uh, 
the last night's Apple Plus TV, which, by the way, Apple Plus, congratulate. Getting in on the baseball stuff, because you know what's happening here coming up soon. Baseball's going on the up and up. I, I'm telling you that right now. There's so there's there's nothing right now blocking baseball to not be going up, except for itself. And I only think it's going to go up the, in popularity. So that that's just that's just for that that take right there. Usually, when a batter gets in the box, they have a 70% chance of getting out. You're telling me that that Joe Madden thought there's a 100% chance that Corey Seager was going to hit this ball and possibly drive in two runs instead of the one that they ended up just walking in. By the way, Corey Seager had a, a an RBI. Like he got that was probably the easiest RBI of his entire career. Well, also what I think is funny about this, Mike Trout out in center field, who's arguably the best baseball player to ever walk this face of the earth, was like just like shaking it, like not even shaking his head, like he looked puzzled and confused out in center field, like what what's going on? Like it, it, did we just walk, intentionally walk a run in? Did that just happen? Is this real life? Yeah, no, it happened. I mean, the last time it happened was like in 1881. It's only 2022 now. I mean, the game's changed a lot. Heck, I'm pretty sure in 1881, you could still do the bounce catch where the ball hits the ground and then you can still have the chance to catch it when it comes back up. If you go back to the 1881, look at the rule book. Look at the rule book to Major League Baseball. It's awfully changed. It has. There's actually fences now. You don't have the inside of the park home run. Like they they could catch the ball off the drop, off the bounce, and still be an out. That's just weird to think. That's the, like, what type of baseball were they using that they know that like, it could bounce up, like bounce up like that? They're going to be playing on grass or dirt or concrete. Maybe they played on concrete. I mean, I've practiced baseball on concrete. It's the worst feeling in the world. You're taking a, especially playing first base, and I mean, we had to judge eye judgment of the location of where the bases are. So it's not the traditional, was it 90 feet to first base or 60 feet, whatever it is. I My my, my brain's not working properly right now. We're usually a little closer, so you're taking about 100 mile an hour plus ground on concrete, which, I mean, concrete makes it keep going faster. Yeah, that, that was that was dumb. Never, why would you play, why would you play on concrete? I, I digress on that one, but Corey Seager should not be getting the Barry Bonds treatment whatsoever on this. Granted, Mike Trout should be the one getting the Barry Bonds. Shohei Otani should be getting the Barry Bonds treatment. Juan Soto definitely does get the Barry Bonds treatment. Come on. Like, really? You Why? I, I, I don't understand the, the necessity of walking in a run knowing you're already down one anyways. Excuse me, I had to sneeze there. Sorry for that little uh, little pause there. But no, I baseball's gonna be baseball. And then there's the Savannah Bananas that are a baseball independent league. That's like the Harlem Globetrotters out here. This is the question I'm asking myself. So since the US, USFL season begins today, which is a, another spring football league that's having another reboot, which the USFL used to be a thing, the Savannah Bananas are making an entire different sport out of baseball. A different league out of baseball. I know they're in the independence. They should be coming here to play the Monarchs at some point this year. But this is what the... If you haven't heard of the Savannah Bananas have done so far, here's three things. Three things. There's a rule when you play them at their home stadium. If it's a foul ball and it is hit into the stands and a fan catches it, that will automatically count as an out. 
So you better not be hitting foul balls in the stands and the, and the, the fans catch it. That's an out. Okay, that's one. There was a guy earlier, it was either this week or last week, who was batting with his bat was on fire. It was kind of like the the, uh, the one of those uh, video games, like when the bat's on fire type um, uh, animation. That happened during a Savannah Bananas game. Yeah, he got a single. He ripped a single. Congratulations to him. Congratulations on not getting burnt because, you know, I could possibly, I would be getting one getting burnt. That's just how that would be. And we also see there's a guy every once in a while who has stilts on. It was a pitcher yesterday pitched with stilts on. I'm not talking about painting stilts where you're just up like a few feet. No, these are full-blown carnival stilts he was standing on and just, yeah. Pitcher with stilts. I have trouble in the mornings waking up to walk to the uh, to the bathroom. How how am I going to have tr- um, uh, how can I walk on stilts? Imagine a game, a full game where everybody's wearing stilts. He even batted with stilts on. He got it. I mean, I don't think it was a hit, but I mean, you're going to be slow when you're running in stilts, right? You would think. I mean, you would cover a lot of ground, but still. Do we need another winter ball league like like the ba- like for baseball kind of like the USFL, XFL, AAFR to do during the spring season? No, nah, there's already leagues out there, but I would like to see more Savannah Banana games. This will do it right here on Saturdays with Kramer. I've been Kramer. I appreciate you all for tuning in, listening, enjoying every single second of this. Enjoy that baseball day. Enjoy that weather. Stay safe. And everybody, have a good one. Bump at Kansas City. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660.